We're officially wrapping up the positional breakdowns for the offensive side of ball, and that will be wrapping up with offensive linemen, the big boys. It's time to talk about the big boys and how they rank across the conference coming up today on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, now here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. We're officially back into football season, and you know what? We've been doing player breakdowns, or positional breakdowns, I should say. Over the entire week, we've done the offense this week. We will also do the defense starting next week. I hope to see a lot of you out there at the Family Days official first fan practice this Saturday, August 6th at 2 p.m. where the Gophers will be doing hosting their practice at Huntington Bank Stadium. Now, before we dive into the positional breakdown, I just want to thank you for listening and please, please, Hit that subscribe button down below on YouTube and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Find us at Locked On Golden Gophers. Uh, so let's just jump right into this thing. We're talking big boys today. We are talking the offensive linemen. Now, we have a lot of departures here. We have a lot of departures And I'm just going to talk about the key departures. And a lot of those are the guys that are now going to be playing at the next level. So we lose four starters. That's right. Four starters on this offensive line position. The first being Daniel, excuse me, Daniel Fa'alele. He was the right tackle for us at on the Gophers team. So Fa'alele was a fourth round pick from the Baltimore, selected by the Baltimore Ravens. He'll be a great fit out there, but he really held down the QB's front side on that right tackle position for the past four years. On the left tackle side, we're losing Sam Schuster, who got a camp invite with the 49ers. He had been holding down that left tackle position for many years as well. Then we lost Blaze Andrews, who has officially signed an undrafted free agent contract with the Miami Dolphins. He played at left guard. He played at right guard. He played some snaps at left tackle. He really was versatile and could move all across that offensive line without dropping the ball. He had Connor Olsen, who often played at the left guard position. And those four guys, we're going to feel that loss. We're going to feel that impact. But it's not to say that it's dire and we have no offensive line this year. I think the Gophers did a great job at patching this thing up and making it a quality line for a team that is looking to compete. So let's dive in on that depth chart starting right now. And of course, we've got to kick it off with the one returning lineman. That's right, John Michael Schmitz. He is back, the center for the Gophers, who's been holding down that center position for years now, and he's an absolute stud. In fact, he was named Mel Kuyper's number one center looking at the draft next year. He's been labeled as 
the best center in the nation by many outlets, by many analysts heading back to the Gophers this year. And he is very likely going to be at the minimum a day two pick, probably second round. But if he shows out this year, he keeps up that rock star uh blocking he keeps up that rock star potential i should say he could find himself in that first round like we saw with iowa's tyler lindenbaum this past draft so it's definitely a potential it's a definitely um something that is a possibility that john michael schmitz could find himself in the first round of the nfl draft next year we're hoping for a healthy season. He's up for three different awards on the watch list this year, including the best interior uh, lineman position, the best center award, and then also um, great character on the field or off the field and performance, high performance on the, on the field. But he's up on the watch list for all three of those. Rockstar leader, rockstar player on the field, and probably the best player on the Gophers roster. We will need his impact to help this young offensive line that hasn't gelled together quite yet. But I think that there's a lot of talent on this team. And one thing PJ Fleck continues to say with this offensive line is that although it doesn't have a ton of starts underneath its belt together, there has been a lot of spot starts and experience across multiple players, not just the players that will end up in the starting five, but players beyond that as well from playing during COVID times, from getting spot starts from injuries, from playing at other programs. Our offensive line this year, the depth should be good, and it should be something that hopefully just progresses and gets better and better over the year. But let's look at who else will be starting on this line. So we've got John Michael Schmitz at center. Now, if we look at the left side of the line, these two spots seem to be pretty locked in heading into fall camp. The left tackle will be Ariante Erzuri. Um, It looks to be his job locked in and ready to go. In fact, Coach Fleck has brought his name up multiple times this offseason, multiple times in the spring, talking about Man, this might be one of the most talented offensive linemen I've ever worked with in my time at the program. In fact, he might be the most athletic offensive lineman that P.J. Fleck has worked with in his time at the university. And that's saying a lot coming off of one of the best offensive lines in Minnesota history over the past few years. That group, that core four, core five guys. They had been doing it. They had been putting it together. 2019, fabulous, both run block and pass block. 2020 and 2021, many 20s in there. 2021, you saw how efficient they were in the ground game and how they powered through. So, I mean, this offensive line has been a staple. And the fact that Coach Flex sees Ariante as potentially the most athletic offensive lineman he's ever worked with that tells you not only how excited you should be for it, but also how he can develop to be the next big name offensive lineman to come from Minnesota after Schmitz makes his jump to the league. So he's got the left tackle locked down. Then the left guard is likely going to be Axel Rushmeyer. He's made spot starts from 2020 and 2021. Whenever somebody would go down, he filled that vacancy. He played in a lot of the jumbo packages for us last year when we would have 
extra offensive lineman on the field. Sometimes we wouldn't just run tight ends out there, but we would have an extra O lineman out there where Axel Rushmeyer is finishing, filling in that spot. So he'll likely have that starting left guard position. And we know that he can get the job done. We know that he has consistency. So that's what you want to see, especially as you're patchworking the rest of this offensive line. So the left side looks convincing, looks good. I like it. The center Absolutely love it. You love it. I love it. We love it. Row the boat. Right side of the line, you know, it could be good. It could be interesting. Uh, We start off with the right guard position, which is likely going to be filled by Chuck Filiaga. He is a Michigan transfer. He's a Michigan team that just won the entire conference, a Michigan team that just went to the college football playoffs. And he saw, he saw snaps in a lot of those meaningful games. He didn't always start them. He had eight starts across his seasons at Michigan, but he saw snaps. He saw work in those big time games. He played in the championship against Iowa last season. He played, he played meaningful minutes. So to have that opportunity to come and start in the big 10 conference that he is familiar with, I think he will be a very key leader. This is his final year of eligibility. So We only get the one year with him, but I think he'll be a great fill-in position as we train up some of these younger guys, as we get them incorporated into the system. Then at the right tackle, P.J. Fleck has said directly to Ryan Burns in some of his uh, interviews that he has had with P.J. Fleck that the right tackle is going to be a battle this fall camp, and that battle will likely be between Quinn Carroll, Martez Lewis, and J.J. Gaudet. Now, if I had to take a shot in the dark and guess which one it would be from the jump, my guess would actually be J.J. Gaudet. Most people are penciling in Quinn Carroll right away, but I just I don't know if that's the safest thing to do. Now, he was a four-star talent coming out of high school in Minnesota at Edina, but he had some spot work, had some spot starts, had some rotational work at Notre Dame but he wasn't seeing the opportunity that he wanted. Transfers here has two years of eligibility, but he hasn't been with the program through the spring. He just got enrolled in the summer, so he did not have that early enrollee able to work with the playbook and the program. So it could be a slower start. It's a lot to grasp in one quick fall camp and take that job. Now, is that something that he could take over time? Absolutely, that's definitely a possibility. But if you're asking me, we've seen the talent and the upside from J.J. Gooday. He is a redshirt junior. He's coming off an injury, so that one's a little bit more worrisome. But he has shown the ability. He's shown consistency, and he's shown that he can fit into Coach Callie's offensive line seamlessly. So I'm expecting J.J. Gooday to actually come out of this camp out of that battle with the starting spot. Now, Martez Lewis and Quinn Carroll, like I said, Coach Fleck has named them multiple times saying it will be a battle between the three. I think whoever doesn't get the job between the three will likely not only be the backup on the right tackle side, but also will one of them will fill as the left tackle backup as well. So they're going to get opportunities. They're going to get, they're going to have to train. They're going to have to know the playbook both sides and how things work like the back of their hand. It needs to be seamless because this O-line 
you have to be geared up for it, folks. You have to be ready to step in at any given moment. O-line, you want to be at least, at least 12 deep that you feel confident in, that you feel we could put them in there and I have no worries. That's what you want. Any program would be feel comfortable having 12 deep. If you could have 15, you go three back, the O-line coach is smiling in their sleep if you have 15 15 deep that you feel rock solid. But you want those first two, the first line and the second line, you want them to be fully confident and you have full confidence that if anybody goes down, they could step in right away with no hiccups and have two more that could do the same if injuries got bad. So you want to have 12 deep. So like I said, you'll see Martez Lewis and JJ Gaudet likely, or whoever doesn't win it. So Quinn Carroll, Martez Lewis, JJ Gaudet, whoever doesn't win that right tackle position, one will be a backup right tackle. One will be probably the main go-to at backup left tackle. And then behind Axel Rushmeyer, you've got Carter Shaw. He's a redshirt senior, I believe this year. So on it, running on his final year of eligibility, uh, has filled in in spot starts again in 2020. So we've seen him step into that type of role. He is able to. Nathan Bow will be the backup center as he served last year, as he served in the spring game. So not surprising there. But then it comes to the right guard and who would be the backup there. Now, if Quinn Carroll doesn't win the job, he does have the versatility that he has played guard and he has played tackle. So maybe he could be your guy all across the board if you don't have 10, 12 deep that you trust, but you trust Carroll with his with his ability, with his consistency, with his aggression. If you trust him that much, then you could work him multiple as your first go-to guy when it comes to left tackle, right tackle, or right guard. You can do things like that. It's just a lot of pressure on a player and being ready at multiple positions, which I'm making it sound very, very difficult. It can be. It depends on how complex the system is. I don't know the terminology. I don't know the playbook well enough to know how different those will be within Cali's offensive line schemes. So I don't know if that's realistic or not. I would probably actually say that they're still going to look to go 10 to 12 deep, which means maybe you see a Luke Purcell, who's a redshirt freshman, try to step into something like that. Maybe you see true freshmen coming through that are trying to get in like Cade McConaughey. Cade McConnell, Cameron James, he's more of a tackle, but who knows what we see from the former four-star there. Those are young guys that I want to keep my eye on over this fall camp, at least to see how they're developing for even next year. So Cameron James, Cade McConnell, Cade McConnell, wow, I can't say his name apparently. Luke Purcell, those are guys, young guys, I want to keep my eye on because, like I said, Chuck Filiaga, last year of eligibility. John Michael Schmitz, last year of eligibility. Axel Rushmeyer, last year of eligibility. Carter Shaw behind him, last year of eligibility. So you're losing another good handful of those guys that are going to play meaningful minutes this year. So you want to start getting those young guys ready to step in for next year. Now, next year, we also have a rock star, four guys in the class of 2023 right now that all look like they could play 
early if they needed to. So next year's class, it's going to add more talent. It's going to add more depth. And it just really helps moving forward, even though we're unsure on how the starters might shake out next year. Now, next year, Ariante Erzuri is the only thing looking like a long-term fixture in this offensive line. And maybe, just maybe, whoever takes that right tackle position could also be, because Quinn Carroll's got two years of eligibility left. J.J. Gaudet's got at least two years of eligibility left. And Martez Lewis, I believe, does as well. So whoever finds and wins that right tackle job could find themselves in that position for the next two seasons. That is kind of the wrap-up I want to do on our offensive line and our depth chart. I know there's other guys that haven't named or listed or got to on there. It's hard to get into the minute details and keep this podcast shorter and give you every single offensive lineman there. So I just want to bring up the ones that are likely to be in that rotation, the key rotation, and some young names to keep in mind as we move forward. Now, next, let's jump into how I would rank the Gophers offensive line across the conference. That's what we're going to talk about next. But first, we got to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is where you need to go when it comes to betting stats, sports information, the latest trends in action. You need to head on over to Bet Online to find that. If you want the over unders on the first game of the season for the Gophers, it's over there. We've talked about it on the show, but I'm not going to mention it again because head on over to Bet Online and go check it out. If you want to look at the season win totals over and under, Bet Online's got you covered. Heisman odds, Bet Online's got you covered. So head on over there and check it out. They've got all the latest odds. They've got more props, more betting lines than ever before. On top of live betting, on top of in online casino, they've got it all, folks. So just head on over to Bet Online and check it out. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so let's talk about where I believe the offensive line ranks in the conference. Now, our conference is a rock-solid conference when it comes to offensive line, just like we're a rock-solid conference when it comes to running backs. And it makes sense why those go hand-in-hand because you need a great offensive line to be able to have top-notch run production. Now, yes, you need it for pass production as well, but I would argue that you can get away more in the passing game if an offensive line trips up or stumbles because your quarterback has the ability to extend the play with their legs, to get outside of the pocket and try to kind of backyard it a little bit more, have more improvisational routes. And so I think when it comes to the run game, those go hand in hand that the the O-line has to be on top of their P's and Q's to be able to have a successful ground and pound game that's getting you four yards, five yards a clip or more. So that's not surprising to me that the offensive line are great in the conference. So who's number one in the conference? I believe number one in the conference is none other than Michigan They've got Ryan Hayes coming back. They've got Zinter coming back. They've got Keegan coming back. This is three returning guys from an offensive line that was awarded the best offensive line in the nation last year. And you've got three of those guys coming back on top of adding a Remington finalist from last season 
in uh, the player from Virginia, I can't pronounce his name. I'm not going to try to absolutely butcher it right now. But the center from Virginia last season has transferred to Michigan. Top three Remington finalists last season. You add him to three returners from an O-line, O-line that was awarded the best line in the nation. I'm sorry, but I can't rate anybody higher than them at this point in time. I know that Ohio State has a rock star line as well, but Michigan earned theirs last year. They brought in another rock star, another killer, another dog on that O-line, another grinder. So I got to give it to them. I have to. But like I said, mentioning into number two, Ohio State comes in as my number two in the conference. PFF has four of their offensive linemen rated in the top 50 linemen for their rankings for 2022. That plus their new O-line coach coming from UCLA who had a top 15 run game last season and run production with his offensive line last year. You pair those together, that's dangerous. That is a lot of potential coming together and working together. So I do believe with the talent paired with the success we've seen from that O-line coach, I think Ohio State is going to be a tough team to stop on the ground and in the air. They're going to have rock star. Apparently it's a rock star day, folks. I apologize for saying rock star multiple times, but they are going to have an awesome amount of production, an awesome amount of every position is strong for Ohio State. Ohio State is going to be a scary team this year. So I've got them at number two. Number three, I have Maryland. Their left tackle could be a top three left tackle in the entire conference on top of all five of their O-linemen from last year are returning. So the continuity should go a long way for Maryland. Number four, I've got Wisconsin. They always have consistency. They always have guys that step up. They always have a, an elite run game, especially when it comes to run blocking. Now, they only have two players returning, but also they have quality rated depth guys stepping into starting spots, guys that have had those spot starts, had those rotational minutes. So I think Wisconsin's going to continue to be at the top of the conference, and they come in at number four. Number five, I've got Northwestern. Uh, Skaronsky by himself helps lift up Northwestern, but they also have three other starters outside of Skaronsky returning. So they should be able to continue to lead the charge for that Northwestern offense, an offense that did sneak a running back to crack over a thousand yards last year. They should be able to give Helinski. Uh, some protection and time to get the ball off in Northwestern. I think we could see some improvements from Northwestern, but this O-line should be rock solid for them. And I think they are rightfully fitted at the number five spot. Number six, I've got Michigan State. They've got three starters returning from an offensive line that not only showed the best uh, single, single running back, for rush yards last season and Kenneth Walker. So he had the most individual rushing yards last season in the Big Ten. But they also saw a pass game that produced over 3,200 pass yards and 26 touchdowns as well. So they, they did it in both facets. They did it both through the air and on the ground. And they got three guys 
coming back to help lead the charge again. So they come in at number six for me. Number seven is the Golden Gophers, mainly because John Michael Schmitz brings a large contribution here for this ranking. But the talent that we've talked about with Ariante Erzuri, not only from PJ Fleck, but also Daniel Falele in his pro day and other occasions where he's been asked about guys he's excited to see next year. Ariante Erzuri has come up every single time. So his talent paired with John Michael Schmitz, and then you talk about potentially two impact transfers in both Chuck Filiaga and Quinn Carroll. I think that rightfully gives the Gophers a seventh spot paired with their O-line coach who has consistently turned out good offensive line. They could finish higher, but we'll put them at seven to be safe. Number eight, I've got Purdue. They were 24th in sacks sack percentage last year in the nation so not too bad they didn't give up too many sacks and they returned three offensive linemen back so why aren't they higher well purdue was just absolutely terrible when it came to the ground game so that had them drop a little bit for me looking at all those 18 or seven teams in front of them so they come in at number eight Number nine, we've got Illinois, their center and their right side of the line all return. They had great run back blocking last year for Chase Brown over on that Illini run game. Uh, So three guys coming back, great number coming back. They could still see some improvements, but overall I've got them coming at nine. Number 10, we have Iowa with the left tackle who is returning, who is an all-conference honorable mention. Right guard who's been listed as a preseason second team all-conference watch list. And then they've got a right tackle returning as well. Iowa's been great in the ground and pound, but they cannot pass the ball to save their lives. I haven't look to see if that has been because of the pressure that Petrus feels or if he's just really that incompetent and trash when it comes to a power five quarterback could be the latter, but I got Iowa coming in at the 10th O-line in the nation or in the conference, not the nation. Uh, Number 11, we've got Indiana. I think Haggard is one of the best left tackles in the conference. Plus you've got two other returners coming in. So I had to give Indiana some respect. Penn State comes in at 12. Scruggs is returning at center, and he was on the Remington watch list for this season. Plus, you've got Wallace, who's been okay at the right tackle, and he's had some decent experience there. Uh, Plus, they had an FCS third-team All-American transfer in from Cornell, so he should be able to help out there a little bit. Number 13, I've got Nebraska. They have a new line coach. They have a left tackle coming back from a late injury, so we don't know even if he'll be ready to start necessarily right away. They had the worst pass blocking in the conference last year, and they have three guys returning. So hopefully they see jumps and improvements. Otherwise, it could be rough sledding for the Cornhuskers. And then at 14th, I've got Rutgers. They have a new line coach. Plus, Pierce is a solid returning starter, but everything else behind that is a question mark. So a lot up in the air for Rutgers. So to wrap that up again, it's one Michigan, two Ohio State, three Maryland, four Wisconsin, five Northwestern, six Michigan State, seven Minnesota, eight Purdue, nine Illinois, 10 Iowa, 11 Indiana, 12 Penn State, 13 Nebraska, and 14 Rutgers. Honestly, being at seventh in those rankings is not bad at all. In fact, the top 10 in that rankings 
all have solid offensive lines. Like I said, the Big Ten has some great O-line talent spread throughout the entire conference. So it should be a fun group to watch and see how it all shakes out. All right, so to close the show, I want to talk about just what we're going to be doing here as the season officially kicks off. So please, from now on, every episode, I don't care if it's related, I don't care if it is unrelated, drop your questions down below in the comments on YouTube. Feel free to ask any questions and send them via email if you don't have a YouTube at lockedongoldengophers at gmail.com. But I want to gather all your questions that you have, whether it be football, basketball, men's and women's, hockey, men's and women's, or any other sport whatsoever. When it comes to Golden Gophers, drop your questions, what you want to hear either talked about, questions with the upcoming season, players you want to hear or see in an interview on the show. Drop them in the comments, send them to us in an email, DM us on Twitter. We're gonna host a mailbag starting in the third week of August. So we'll finish our positional breakdowns next week with the defense. After we finish that, every week after that, I'm gonna try to host a mailbag if we have enough questions coming in. So be sure to send those mailbag questions our way, whether it be in the YouTube comments, on Twitter, or via email. I appreciate that. On top of that, once we get into the actual Big Ten setting, once we get into Big Ten play, we're going to start doing crossover podcasts with other Locked On hosts of the Michigan State podcast, of the Iowa podcast, of the Wisconsin podcast, which we've already done with the Locked On Badgers. We're going to start getting those crossovers going. I've got Ryan Burns coming on the show in the next few weeks as well to do another kind of crossover with him. I've got analysts from the draft network that I'm in talks with to get them here on the show. I've been in talks with more players on the basketball team, on the football team and getting them on here. It's just making it work with their schedules. So like I said, whoever you want to hear, drop it in the comments or send us an email. Questions that you have when it comes to go for sports, send them our way. It'll help so much. I want to thank you for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, making this your one-stop shop for gopher sports and listening to the latest and greatest. This is the show where we always continue to row. That's going to do it for us today. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope to see you at the Fan Family Day practice this Saturday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Sky you bye. Row the boat. Go the boat.